It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You know, the playoffs are never easy on the heart. Overtime in the playoffs is even uh, more a more stressful situation. And that's where the Golden Knights had last night. Dave Gosher, Derek Englund with you on this Wednesday afternoon, nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Glad to have everyone along here today. Derek, you're you're not quite uh, – well, you haven't even been retired a full year. Uh, is it a heck of a lot easier playing in these games than watching them? Oh, yeah, it's uh... – I don't know. I don't know which one's easier. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's nervous uh, when you're playing it, but uh, maybe a little bit more watching because you're not, uh, you have no control over what ha- what's happening out there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, got you on the edge of your seat, that's for sure. So the Golden Knights, a huge win last night in Game 5 in Denver, down 2 nothing after 2. The Avalanche had won 52 straight games going into the third period with a two-goal lead and couldn't hang on last night. Uh, in a moment here, we're going to get to the three calls of the overtime goal last night that, that you know, uh, Dan Duva, our radio guy, Jesus Lopez on our uh, Spanish call, and, of course, Kenny Albert on NBCSN uh, momentarily. I just want to hear what the three different calls of the, of the same moment sounded like. But after the second period last night, Derek, the Golden Knights, and, look, it's hard to win in the playoffs. Pete DeBoer even said after the game, Look, they didn't expect this to be like games three and four in Vegas, and it wasn't. The Golden Knights didn't, if you looked at it, didn't have a lot going through two periods. Had two shots from forwards through two periods, one from Tuck and one from Carlson. What were your thoughts in kind of watching this game after two? That you know, Where was your mind going into the third period when you were watching it last night? Yeah, it's um, like you said, it's, it's a tough building to win in. Um, playoffs or not, but uh, it's been a great team for a long time, and uh, it's not an easy task going into Colorado and uh, squeaking one out. So, um, you know, I like the way that uh, the Knights stuck with it, you know, down two, um, played played well defensively. Flower bailed, bailed the team out with some big saves, and um, they just stuck with it. And uh, they got that one, uh, that first goal, and you can see them, uh, you know, a little bit extra pep in their step after that. And, um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me is them just sticking to it. I had a chance, I was telling you before we came on, just last minute to be lucky enough to jump on board and go up for the game with some Golden Knight sponsors and had a, a wonderful time last night. But our our seats were behind the net where the Golden Knights scored the two goals in the third period. So then the team switch ends for the overtime. And the overtime starts. And uh, Mike Mangello from our office, I'm with Mike, and uh, he says, you know, I'd love this thing to end in the first 10 seconds. Now, he didn't stipulate which team. I knew which team he was pulling for. We're sure as heck. The overtime starts, Landeskog throws the puck on net, Fleury makes the save, and the rebound's right out in the slot. And, and it's it's 40 feet from where we're sitting. And JT Copper's wide open, so I was I was mentioning to you, I just I just put my head down because I was like, well, all right, I don't want to see it. If the crowd goes nuts, I'll know the result. If they don't go nuts, I'll know the Golden Knights are still there. Thankfully, you know, Fleury makes a great save. Comfort kind of shoots, him, shoots it right into him, but... You know, they can – and it wasn't 40 seconds after that that Stone came down and scored the game. The nature of these, sometimes either they go a long way, right, or they're over with in the first couple of minutes. Yeah, it's uh, it's a strange. That's how, it, like, uh, it's always uh, end, ends quick or, like you said, long ways. And it's usually – you know, it's one of those uh, – it's not a 
fancy play or it's usually you know just a weird goal or a bad bad goal i'm not saying it was a bad goal last night it was a nice great shot by stoney but uh yeah it's usually uh overtime's a weird w- weird beast that's for sure what's the longest overtime game you played do you remember in all your years i think uh when i was in pittsburgh we went uh Double overtime with against Boston. We got swept that year. That's the year. Oh yeah, with Iginla on us. Yes. And, uh, yeah. He scored the twenty thirteen. Uh, Trish Bergeron, I believe. Scored from Marsh. Uh, from Marshawn. Yeah, 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 exactly. Two on two. Um, Some schmuck was calling it on the radio in Boston. Yeah, I was. I, I was uh, unfortunately <laughs> on the ice. Me and me and Brooks Orpik, uh It was just uh, kind of one of the nothing plays that ends in, yeah. in the back of the net, and uh, that's all she wrote that year. I remember the other one that came to mind. Um, Golden Knights-wise, and I I think I'm right in saying it, still their longest game was game two here, year one, <clears throat> against the Kings. Eric Hollis scored in double overtime yeah, that, that night and a little pass from James Neal. So. Yeah, it would be that or, or the Boston. Yeah, I think you're right, though. The, the one in Boston seemed to I think it was late, late in the second yeah. uh, second uh, overtime. You were on the ice for that. that. That couldn't have been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I yeah. – <laughs> To no, say I, the I, least. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough <laughs> one to swallow. It's uh, one of those – your stick's in the right place, and they just kind of chip it and goes off, and, yeah, is what it is, I guess. Yeah, know? well, it's uh, that's what I say. It's, you know, the, you get to overtime, and it's just nerve-wracking as heck. You know, as from a, an announcer standpoint, you, you always have the feeling that every time the puck goes over the blue line into the offensive zone, you think the game's going to be over with because there's a chance that might happen. But So the Avalanche get the great chance last night in overtime. Fleury makes a save on Comfer. And then it was 40 seconds later, Mark Stone goes down the other end. So here's what it sounded like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Kenny Albert on NBCSN, Dan Duva right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas, and Jesus Lopez on our Spanish call as well. The overtime winner for Mark Stone in Colorado last night. Majewski, out to the right point, shot by Graves block. Graves with it again. Pacioretty comes away with the puck. Ahead for Stone. Mark Stone moving it on Grubauer. He shoots. He scores! The Golden Knights win game five, 50 seconds into overtime. Taken up by Pantreni, out for Stone, here he comes, working left side, he shoots, he scores! Mark Stone, he wins it in overtime! Three to two Golden Knights, the captain delivers his fifth goal of the playoffs. The Golden Knights, game-winning goal-scoring leader in the regular season, wins it in OT. Nishuskin, costado izquierdo de la portería de Mark Andre Fleury. Sigue Nishuskin, está buscando la complicidad. Ahí está Ryan Graves, saca el disparo, Graves. Uno más de Graves, bloqueado. Y ahora es, viene a toda velocidad. Este es Mike Stone. So, as usual, Jesus is the best of all of us, myself included. Like, it's not even a close race. Where did the music come from? Like, I want to know that. Dakota, can you talk on that thing? Are you able to talk to the people? I can. So, I can. How, where, how did the – Dakota uh, helps us run this whole thing here. How did the music get on the call? That's a good question. I think they put that on there on their end. Uh, we were uh, we got the call this morning, and we thought it was just amazing. <laughs> That's I say every time I talk to Jesus, I say I think you're the best of all of us. Now that being said, I have no idea what you're saying. I have a hard enough time speaking English, let alone Spanish. But that's how it sounded last night, and uh, you know, a great ending for the Golden Knights. Uh, but Jesus is the best. I mean, over the years, he's just like he'll, he'll throw in like all these you know peppers and hot sauce, and I, I don't know what any of it means, but 
He's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's great. It's, it's, I could listen to him all, all the whole game. It's I'd so, rather listen to him. It's uh, so much more. Uh, I don't want to say so much more exciting. No question, it, it is. It, uh, <laughs> it gets you gets you going. That's for sure. He's the best. So that's how it sounded like last night uh, from Kenny Albert uh, on the national TV call, and then our, our man Dan Duva here on radio for the VGK and Jesus Lopez as well. Um, so the Golden Knights fight their way back. They win this game last night. Um, a lot to unpack from the game, and I guess in no particular order, but we might as well start from the beginning. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury's been just lights out for this team again this year, and it was interesting, his post-game comments, Derek, he said he kind of, I think he said he felt stupid after the first goal that he let in, you know, he kind of reaches across his body, misses it with his glove with less than a couple of seconds left in that first period. The second goal, Don Skoy, great shot, nice setup by Newhook, um, but you got the feeling that he was going to kind of shut it down after that, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, he's, he's one of the best goalies out there and has been for a long time, and um, you don't see him let in those goals very often. And, and you know, being around him, you know how uh, upset at himself he gets. Um, you know, you see him in practice, and he's letting lets a goal in, and he gets mad, and, you know, his, his stick meets the <laughs> post a few times here and there. But that's how competitive he is, and that's why he's been playing for so long is uh, – you know, he let that in, and he, he went in the intermission, comes out, regroups, and keeps them in the game uh, for a better part of that the next period and, and into the third. You know, you, you could make a case, and, and, you know, Pete DeBoer said, look, he knew it was going to be – you mentioned it too, Derek. It's a tough building to win in. Um, they knew they were going to have their hands full last night, and they sure did. Great comeback in the third period, great overtime win. You know, I, I kind of thought of it afterwards – Vegas probably should have won game two in Denver, right? You know, penalty call in the overtime that was not a good one. Uh, they dominate the final two periods. And I don't know, sometimes those things end up evening out over the course of a long series. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, you know, one of those things you got a, you have a goaltender, then some nights you're not going to feel it and your goaltender wins you a game or, or vice versa. You know, maybe your uh, goaltender is having an off night and the guy's rally around them and, and, and score a whole bunch of goals. So, um, like you said, it's a, it's a tough building to go up and, and play in, and, and they're an elite team, and um, it's not going to be easy closing them out. Uh, they got two games to do it, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're hoping they, they can finish it off tomorrow night. So how about Jonathan Marceau? Five goals in the series, right? Scores the huge tying goal in game three late before Pacioretty wins it has the hat trick in game four, and sure enough, he has the game-tying goal last night. Um, and, you know, let's not forget the huge goal he had in game uh, two against Minnesota, right, to even that game up. Um, but just his that line, you know, we always joke around the Misfits line, and Pete DeBoer's talked about they, they're, they, they were so much able to kind of be a forge the identity of this team from year one on, obviously, and you were a huge part of it as well. But here we are four years down the road, and the damage still – that that line's been able to do, and, and specifically Marcia so in this series has been pretty impressive. Yeah, he's a he's a little big guy. He's he's small, but he plays a big game. Um, he plays the right way, and he's. Uh, I like his um, this year, especially. I've noticed watching watching the games now, just a lot more responsible with the puck. You know, if he doesn't have anything, he's putting it deep and going and getting it. And um, you know that that whole line is. Um, you know this this series especially kind of reminded me of that first year how they're clicking right now they're playing extremely well and um they're going to rely on them going down the stretch here it's, it's uh you know our top two 
line one a one b type thing so it's a it's a great thing to have and and they're getting rewarded for the work they're putting in so you practice against them for you know three years um what makes them hard to defend against oh they're they're always trying to do something out of uh, every time they have the puck they're trying to make plays and they're not i don't know they're not they're not afraid to to try them but they make those plays majority of the time you know and they're, they're hard working you have smitty who's uh you know i think a very underrated guy in this league he you know he's kind of like the marchi always said he's the quarterback of that line and i agree you know he they when he's going that line's looking good he creates a lot of lot of stuff for those guys and um you know you have marchi and carly that uh, finish uh, smitty does too you know they have everything they just hard working uh, the chemistry over the last four years they've built is is next to, next to none. Well, Golden Knights with a huge comeback last night. Said uh, first couple of periods didn't have a lot going, had a tough time generating you know a sustained attack in the offensive zone. They come out they, they, the goal by Alex Tuck too early right in the in the third period just to kind of change the momentum of the game. But it, it starts too, Derek, with a. I think it was Burakovsky that turned it over to Yanmark, and, you know, it's one of those the puck never gets out of the zone for Colorado, right? And then Tuck bats it in. It had been a little while for Alex, but you take him any way you can. But to get one early, how much of a, an impact do you think that had just to kind of, from a mindset standpoint for Vegas? Yeah, I think for, for Vegas, it, you know, it gives them, gives them that, not that hope, but that uh, little jolt of uh, energy. And, uh, you know, I think they – after they get that goal, they're like, okay, we got, we got this. They're, it's a team. They win all sorts of ways. They, they've shown that all year long. And, you know, and on the, on the flip side, they, they score that goal early. And, um, you know, they've won two, two before that game. And they score that one, one early. And they put a little bit of doubt in Colorado's mind. They, you know, Colorado, like you said, they outplayed them for the first two periods. But that doubt starts to creep in. And you start gripping your stick a little more. And, um, and and Vegas is on the opposite end. They're they're ramping it up, and you, you're just as Colorado. You're trying to hold on, and and that's uh, that's not something you want. Well, the Golden Knights ramped it up for sure. They tied it up about three minutes after that, on their way to a come from behind three to two overtime win in Game Five. Mark Stone, the overtime winner. They're up three games to two now in this West Division final, and a chance to close it out at T-Mobile Arena. Tomorrow night, Dave Gosher and Derek Englund with you on Nighttime and Noon. A reminder for you, Rock Creek Cattle Company is a hidden gem located in the heart of Montana. This 28,000-acre cattle ranch has a little something for everyone. World-class golf, fly fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and lots more. Escape the bright lights and discover Big Sky Montana. Exclusive memberships and real estate opportunities are available now. Check it out at rockcreekcattlecompany.com. Dave Gosher, Derek Anglin with you. Lots more to come. The VGK have put themselves in a fantastic spot. A chance to wrap up this series at the Fortress tomorrow night. We will talk about that. The atmosphere in the building packed for games three and four. And what will sure to be packed and then some come game six tomorrow night. That's coming up after this on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Well, it's everything. You know, if 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 they're not, you, you, you're not you're not in a position to to upset Colorado, you know, with the team they've got. So, um, you know, we knew that. We knew we were going to have to be at the top of our game in all areas. And, uh, you know, I think the guys have uh, have done a good job and, and, and have put us in a spot where we've got a chance to, to win this. 
We're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports Las Vegas. That's the voice of Golden Knights head coach Pete DeBoer talking about his team and the, the depth they've been able to to uh, implement in the lineup as well, and, and they've had all different people chip in uh, in this series. Dave Gosher alongside Derek Englund with you nighttime at noon here on this Wednesday, and the Golden Knights getting set for Game 6 tomorrow night, Derek, at what will be just a wild T-Mobile arena. They have a chance to close out this series. You know, if you looked at this series going into it, uh, there's a lot of people that felt that this was could be the series of the playoffs. You've got the two best teams in the league from the regular year meeting in round number two. And these games have been – they've been unbelievable, you know, in terms of, you know, the Golden Knights lose the first two. Pete DeBoer joked the other day that, you know, a lot of people he thought were jumping off the life raft with life jackets on. Um but not anymore. If they did, they're jumping right back on, getting ready for Game Six tomorrow night. Yeah, for sure. It's um, you know, like uh, like you said, this this could be a finals uh, yeah. series that uh, would be outstanding, outstanding hockey. It's been also, and it's round two, so um, some amazing hockey. And uh, like you said, yeah, I'm sure there's a, after Game Two, a lot of people uh, changing their minds from then to now. <laughs> so it's. Uh, it, it's been fun to watch and uh, looking forward to tomorrow tomorrow night. How quickly in the playoffs, win or lose, and you've been through these battles for years, do you let it go and move on to the next game? Uh, you have to have a short memory. Um, you, you know, you can, you know, my thing, you dwell on it at, not that night and uh, the next day it's uh, it's a new day. The sun comes up and you got to get ready for the next one. The Golden Knights come, come from behind fashion last night. So now, you know, the old – adage if you told them at training camp this year training camp was in january they'd have one game at home to win a series and move on to the semifinals they would take their chances now we've seen the atmosphere and you know we've been the you know for four four years into this now the building's the best in the league there's some other really good buildings nashville montreal when it's full um there's some other ones chicago you know boston the i this Nassau Coliseum now for the oh, Islanders is unbelievable, I right? Played, played a series there against yeah. Pittsburgh, and oh, it's nuts. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, these last two games at T-Mobile Arena, I don't know if the place has ever been louder. You played in it, and now you've, you know, watching it, your thoughts on the atmosphere over the last couple of games and what potentially could they crank it up even more tomorrow night for a, a clinching scenario? Yeah, I, th- I, I – have full confidence that it's going to be louder tomorrow than it ever has been and uh like you said game game three and four were insane it was uh you know gets you going and you're not even playing the game anymore so it's um always seems to surprise you you shouldn't be surprised that it gets louder every single game but uh i'm expecting it to be uh that next level uh tomorrow night Interesting uh, last night for the Golden Knights, a couple of lineup decisions uh, by Pete DeBoer. So Matias Yambart comes back, which was great to see after he took that hit from Ryan Graves in game one. He had not played uh, since for the Golden Knights. Nick uh, Holden comes back in, so Nick Haig is the odd man out uh, on the back end for Vegas. Ryan Reeves out of the lineup last night. And I'll be curious to see, you know, Pete DeBoer touched on this this morning in his media availability, Derek, that – you're not going to win at this time of year without calling on your depth. You know, Reeves has been in and out. Holden's been in and out. Haig's been in and out. Colasar's been in and out. Um, Nosek's been hurt for a bit. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the ability of this team to 
you know, sprinkle different people in and out of the lineup and the necessity of it at this time of year. Yeah, it's it's huge to have that have that depth and um, you know, it's you know, for instance, a guy like Hager, uh, they pulled him out uh, last series, the one mm-hmm. game, to rest him. You, lo- you know, and that's huge to have someone that you can pull in, throw someone else out, and not miss a beat. And um, it just goes to show how much depth they do have because they can do it uh, throughout their lineup. Um, it's great. It's a great thing to have. I don't think uh, they've had the, we've had this much depth. Uh, th- this is the most depth in in the last four years. So. Um, it, it's huge to have, especially this time of year. Um, even if there is no injuries, to to be able to pull someone out, even if it's just to rest them or just change a little look look uh, for the other team, it's it's a big thing to have. I wonder going into a sixth game at home tomorrow night, and Ryan Reeves and what he brings to it, especially at home. You know, and the it, the crowd, you can feel them every time he's closing in on a defenseman to to lay a hit. Um, you wonder if they might tweak that and put him back in with a chance to close this out tomorrow night, especially on home ice where he he seems to ride the emotion of the crowd at times and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. It's um, I, I'm interested to see uh, the lineup every day, but um, yeah, it's uh, every like you said, every hit, every guy he's barreling down on, the crowd gets excited. Every every whistle that there's a little scrum, you, the the place is electric and just cheering for him. So it's. Um, it's a good thing to have at home, especially, you know, you got last change, so you get to pick who you're uh, on whistles, who's going out, and you get the matchups you want. And um, he does bring that energy, and he's unbelievable guy, unbelievable guy in the locker room. And, um, you know, he does his job. He knows his job, and he does it well. Hard decisions to make for a coaching staff, but it's all part of the job. It, you think about last night, third period. I want to say it was Ryan Graves, but I, I could be off on that. But it was a shot from the left point. Keegan Colasar standing 15 feet away and catches it right in the arm, like full blast right in the arm. You could almost see him like, oh, you could feel it. Um, it but he's he's done a lot of good things when he's in the lineup, and him and Reeves kind of play similar games. So, you, you know, at this time of year, you're going to need contributions from everybody, but sometimes a, a block like that, I think for somebody like myself watching, might get lost in the mix, but I've got to believe inside that locker room, the timing of it, Willing to pay the price. I mean, nobody pays it more than Alec Martinez, right, the way he lays out. But how much that means inside of a locker room, especially when you get down to the, the short strokes in a playoff series. Yeah, it's huge. You, you know, you, you like you said, it goes unnoticed um, to most most people how much the team rallies around a block shot, a big block sh- shot. Um, and, uh, you know, the bench gets excited. And, and, and a guy like Flower, he's every time you block a shot, he's yelling at you, like, great job, giving you props. It's it's something you feed off of it, you know. You want to go out and sacrifice your body for the guys and and the team, especially when everyone's uh, so up uh, and upbeat about it, and it gives gives a little more life. Well, before we go to break, we want to hear Mark Stone. Uh, he had the overtime winner last night. What he saw as he was headed up the ice on the break in to win the game. Um, you know, I had a couple of big shot blocks uh, right before that, and um, you know, sometimes. Uh, when the D-men shoots it like that, they can get flat-footed. So um, I just took off and was fortunate to end the game. Um, but I think 20 seconds into overtime, the game should have been over. Probably should have been packing our things and going home. But Flower made a huge save to keep us uh, keep us in it and uh, give, give me the opportunity to end it. Great shot by Mark Stone. Bar down, upstairs, glove side on um, 
on Grubauer. And to his point, it was, it was Graves that had two shots blocked. Stone blocked one. I'm not sure if who the second one hit in the slot. It might have hit his own guy. I'm not sure how much Mark Stone had left of the tank either. He had Graves and McKinnon racing to to catch him. Um, the other thing that can get lost in the mix a little bit, the chance Stone had with three or four seconds left in regulation, right? Just missed with a chance to win the game dangling around everybody. And I was, as I was watching it, I thought when he broke down the ice in overtime, he's not going to miss another chance to win the game. With you know, he, he just seems to come up again, big moment guy. Game's on the line, and he usually pulls through and and never bigger than he did for this team last night. Yeah, he's. It seems like all year long, it's been like that way. Um, you know, they're behind going into the third it seems like uh he, he's answering the bell and it was no different last night um you know he has the the game on a stick and he doesn't miss those very often if you go back to the games he's he's buried more than he's probably missed so uh you know that's why they got him as a, the captain and uh he he leads the way the, the, the team goes great shot to win it last night for mark stone he and the golden knights up three games to two on the avalanche getting set for game six at the Fortress tomorrow night, a reminder for you, Golden Knights fans, VGK Authentics is the official home for all your game-used Vegas Golden Knights merchandise. From game-used pucks to game-worn jerseys and much more, owning a piece of your favorite Golden Knights player has never been so easy. Check it all out. All the great items are on VGK uh, the VGK Authentics. You can visit VegasTeamStore.com for all your VGK Authentics. That's VegasTeamStore.com. Dave Gosher, Derek Englund with you on a nighttime at noon on a Wednesday. The Golden Knights, one win away from advancing to the Stanley Cup semifinals. A team last night punched their ticket to the semifinal. There's already one team that's advanced as well. The Golden Knights and the Avalanche, whoever comes out of this series, is going to play the Montreal Canadiens. We've got a game six tonight between the Boston Bruins and the New York Islanders. We'll take a look around the Stanley Cup playoffs and some other news from around the league in a moment on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Live from City National Arena, this is nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Who sings this, Derek? Any idea? Uh, Early '80s, a duo. I saw them at Caesars back in the days before when you could go to concerts. Daryl Hall and John Oates. Hall and Oates. I, oh, okay. Hall and yeah. Oates. You make my dreams come true. I know the song. I didn't know who sung. Yeah, '83 release. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know much about I anything. Was one then, so it's <laughs> you know. I was. Uh, 13, gold on 14. Right. Well, I got a few years on you. Couple. Uh, just a couple. Dave Gosher, Derek Anglin with you. Glad to have everyone on board nighttime at noon. Send us your questions in the final segment of the program. We will get to them. Golden Knights coming off this huge overtime win last night in Colorado. They do it and come from behind dramatic fashion, down 2 nothing after 2. Didn't have a ton going through two periods, and it didn't matter. They scored two goals early in the third, Alex Tuck and then Jonathan Marchessault. And then who else but Mark Stone to win the game for the Golden Knights and put them in a great spot up three games to two going into game six at T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night. So we're going to take a look around uh, other action in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and uh, we'll start with a game six tonight, Derek. Boston Bruins going into Nassau Coliseum to take on the New York Islanders. The Islanders, of course, who a year ago went all the way to the East Final before losing to Tampa Bay. Uh, the Islanders come up with a big 5-4 win in Boston in Game 5. It was 5-2 at one point. 
The Bruins dominate most of the third period, but could never could get the game-tying goal. There was some question about whether Tuka Rast was going to play this game tonight. It looks like he will. He got pulled in Game 5 the other night. Um, you mentioned how difficult a building Nassau Coliseum is. Um, you know, the Bruins will have their hands full if they want to try and force this back to a Game 7 in Boston tonight. Yeah, it's uh, extremely difficult. It's loud. It's uh, great fans. It, there's a lot of energy in there, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's a fun place to play, especially uh, you look at that uh, look at that series. It's uh, almost uh, a little old, old-time old hockey. It seems like every single whistle, there's scrums and, you know, everything going on. There's been a few fights and, and all that, so... Um, It'll be a it'll be a good game tonight. I'm. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens. The um, you know for the Islanders, their ability, especially when they get a lead, to just shut it down. Barry Trotz's teams to play again. You know he's in Nashville forever, and then uh, goes to the Capitals. Evidently, they won the Cup a few years ago. I can't remember what happened there in 2018. I'm trying to block it out of my memory. I'm sure you are too. What the heck am I telling you about? Uh, but he go, he, he, one of the rare guys, and it's a short list, that wins a cup and leaves the team that he won it with, and he goes to the Islanders for, you know, for a lot of money. Why wouldn't you? And but to be able to translate that over to the Islanders, uh, what's it like to play against his teams and the way they're coached, and and I guess potentially how frustrating it can be to play against them. Yeah, it's a you know it's going to be a battle. Um, like you said, he's uh, defensively they're locked down. They're not giving up, giving a lot. Uh, um, no matter who he coaches, you know he's been around for well, how long was he in Nashville? Fifteen, 15 years, 15, something seventeen like that. Yeah. years yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, you know you don't uh, you don't see too many coaches last that long, and there's a reason for it. You know he's a he's a great coach. He's won. Um, like you said, I felt. Seen it was a little weird that he left after yeah. uh, winning, but um, y- you know he's done a great job with that Islanders, Islanders team, and uh, you know Lou Emerald coming in there, another phenomenal GM, and uh, they've done a great job. So it's uh, it, it's going to be a battle, that's for sure. That's Game Six tonight at Nassau Coliseum, 4:30 start here in the West. Uh, the Bruins need a win to force a Game Seven back in Boston. The Islanders will try to close out the Bruins in six games. So. The winner of this series takes on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's not the conference final this year for obvious reasons. It's going to be the Stanley Cup semifinals. Um, Tampa Bay. So last night they close out Carolina in five games. Um, Nikita Kucherov doesn't play a game all year. All he's done so far is lead the league in scoring in the playoffs. When you look at Tampa and their ability, you know, it was last year it was Tampa and the Islanders in the East Final, as I mentioned. Um their ability to just crank it up at this time of year. A Carolina team, people forget, Tampa finished third in the division, this realignment deal this year. Carolina finished first. What are your thoughts on Tampa and where they are and how they've been able to crank it up a level in the playoffs? Yeah, it's like well, like you said, I guess rest is a weapon, you know. Like yeah, uh, yeah. doesn't play all season and comes out and uh, seems like he doesn't hasn't missed a beat. So um, that's, that's crazy to see that. Um, but that's a elite player in this league. They're going to do that, and it's a great team. They're they're well coached. Um, you know, you go back a couple of years, and they 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 came up short. Uh, it seemed a, a few times Columbus sweeps yeah. them. Uh, yep. Sweeps them. They made some changes. They brought in some different guys, a little bit uh, maybe a little more more grit. And um, they're a tough team to beat. They're deep. They got great goaltending, great D. 
um, they're a good team. They're going to be a good team for a while. You know, and I think what maybe has helped them a little bit, Derek, and, you know, they hit, even this year in the regular season, you know, they hit some adversity. But, you know, there were times that year you mentioned with Columbus where they were, uh, when they get swept by Columbus in stunning fashion, but they would blow teams out in the regular season. You know, win six to two, win six to three, and it seemed like, especially a couple of years ago, they didn't really hit any bumps in the road. Or if, if they did, they were tiny little potholes. They get in that series against Columbus, and it started to go the other way, and they never could recover. It seems like now, you know, they've they've hit some some speed bumps. And that's probably a good thing, right? I can't imagine if you if you don't face any adversity or very little of it in the regular season, it might not be a good thing. We you get to the playoffs, and we've seen it in this series with Vegas. They're you know, Golden Knights are down two games to none. What's going on? Well, but they've been able to deal with some things as the year's gone on. Yeah, it's huge. I think, um, like you said, if you if you don't have any adversity during the season, you don't know how to deal with it in the playoffs. Uh, it doesn't matter. It almost snowball effects. You you know you yeah. start uh, losing, and it's you you don't know how to fix it uh quick enough and by then it's series is over so um like you said vegas down to nothing they've dealt with adversity it seems like all season long with injuries and and whatnot so um yeah they've uh they found a way uh to straighten the ship they won last year obviously in the bubble and um they're trying to trying to get back there so it's going to be uh it's going to be a good series uh no matter who they're playing here's what the lightning have going for them right uh have you heard of Ross Colton before last night? He's, nope. He scored the game winner for Tampa Bay. Third goal of the playoffs, but all this star power with Stamkos and Hedman and Vasilevsky and Kucherov, and you go right on down the line. Braden Point, Ross Colton scores the game winner last night for Tampa Bay. So their ability you know, to get contributions up and down the lineup, they've got one of the Vesna finalists in Vasilevsky along with, with Fleury and Grubauer. Um, and just battle-tested. And that team awaits whoever comes out of this Bruins um, Islander series tonight. It, 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 it's it's a ways away, Derek, and we were kind of chatting before we came on. So we know this much. The Montreal Canadiens are awaiting whoever comes out of the Vegas-Colorado series. Look, knock on any wood you can find. We're hoping this wraps up tomorrow night for the VGK people. What have you seen from Montreal? They haven't trailed for a single second in any game since going down three games to one against Toronto. Now they've ripped off seven straight wins. When you watch them, you see what? Well, first off, Carey Price. He's uh, he's good. Yeah, he's not a bad goaltender to have <laughs> back there. Um, and especially they got to the, their D, their the defensive play they've been playing with. They don't give up a whole lot. Uh, it's it's they make it tough in front of their net to get there and. You know, you have a goalie like that, or Flower, or Vasilevsky. If they're seeing their their the puck, uh, there's a good chance they're going to make the save. So, um, and then they got they got a young group up front that uh, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Toffoli line has been uh, playing extremely well, and um, they're fun to watch. They uh, create uh, create a lot of chances, and um, they work hard. That's you know, going back to when we play them, going up into Montreal, they. After the first period, you're, you know, you're catching your breath because you're chasing them around. They work that hard, so it's. Uh, I know uh, every, they got in as a four seed up there, yeah. but uh, you know, playoffs are a different beast, and um, uh, they're they're playing well. It's going to be a battle too. Whoever gets there, nobody gave them much of a chance against Toronto, right? Down three games to one, um, 
They get up 3 nothing in game five, blew the lead, and then won it in overtime on the Nick Suzuki goal, 2-on-0 with Caulfield. They win game six on a goal from Kakaniemi. He has four goals in the playoffs. And then they win game huh? – well, Corey Perry. Yeah, Anybody could have had him, right? Free yeah. agent of the offseason yeah, and, yeah. and goes to Montreal, and, and he's come up big now with, with six points in the playoffs. Yeah, you look him at last year in the bubble, and he's yeah. – uh, He's a pain to play against. He's he goes to the dirty areas. He's he's standing over your goalie. He's trying to tips everything. He's he's great in front of the net, and he he's been around. He's won before with Anaheim, and um, you know he's a guy that you you want on your team. And like you said, anyone could have had him, and he went there, and he's uh, pr- producing for him. So it's uh, that's a huge pickup by them. You said to me earlier this morning, it will not be your phrase a cakewalk at all. For whoever faces them in the next round, they'll have their hands full. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said, you you have Price and Net. Then you got uh, you know those three big D men: Petrie, Edmondson, and then you got Weber, who's yep. uh, he's a beast out there and uh, a great leader, and uh, he leads by example, plays well, and and the young up front, and you know they're missing some guys too. So um, it's it's not going to be an easy uh, task for whoever goes there. Made a coaching change during the season, of course. Claude Julien let go. Dominic Ducharme took over, and here are the Montreal Canadiens. The first time in 11 years they're into the final four in the NHL. They're the last Canadian-based team to win a cup. Hard to believe, but it's 1993, right? To the it was that year they went 10 and 0 in overtime in the playoffs, yeah. right? With Patrick Waugh and that whole Eric Desjardins and that whole crew to beat uh, the L.A. Kings. But it's been a long time since the Canadians have been this far down the road in the playoffs. want to get your thoughts quickly uh, before we go to break. Uh, the NHL is rolling out their season-ending award nominees. Of course, the Golden Knights have a couple, right? Mark Stone for the Selkie and Marc-Andre Fleury for the Vesna. The Norris finalist today for the best defenseman in the game, Adam Fox of the Rangers, had a terrific season for a young defenseman. Victor Hedman, who won it last year, and Kale McCarr. Um, you have an odds-on favorite as to who you think might uh, – you played against all of them. Sure you know them pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, it's like Hedman's won it. Obviously, last yeah. year he's – he's uh, I don't know. Uh, if if you're going to say someone, probably him. But uh, then you got those – McCarr and Fox are they're, – they're fun to watch. They are unbelievable the talent they have at the age they're at and the confidence they play with. Um, so – uh, I don't. I can't uh, tip my hat to anyone there. Fox finished second among defensemen in scoring. Really had a breakout season for the Rangers. First time he's a finalist for the for the Norris. Um, you mentioned Hedman won it uh, last year. He tied for third among all defensemen in points. Kale McCarr missed some time. He missed 10, 12 games this year with injury. Was the only defenseman in the league to average a point a game this season. So uh, ended up finishing. Um, you know, average-wise, points per game, the only guy in the league to do it. Won the Calder last year. Um, I don't know if he's going to – I'll be – I think probably Hedman's going to win it again. But, you know, I was saying to a couple of people I was with at the game last night, and you watch McCarr play, the way he skates, his vision, the way he moves the puck. If he doesn't win it this year, he'll be – he's not far away from winning it, to say the least. Yeah, he'll definitely – He'll definitely be uh, hosting that for sure um, at some point in his career in the near future, I would say, too. Yeah, two ter- uh, three terrific nominees for the Norris. So that's uh, those are the three this year, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, and Kale McCarr. It is Dave Gosher alongside Derek Englund, the Golden Knights, poised to try to close out the series tomorrow night here at T-Mobile Arena when they take on the Avalanche in game number six.
A reminder that Bill and Carol Foley have created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions in life, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. And as a member of their society, you'll have access to their entire portfolio of properties around the globe. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today at Foley food and wine society.com we're in the home stretch of nighttime at noon when we come back we will take a little bit closer look at game six we'll also take your questions as well send us your questions using the hashtag nighttime at noon we will get to those and lots more after this on fox sports las vegas we're back to nighttime at noon on your home for the vegas golden knights fox sports las vegas All right, we've got a few minutes to go here. Nighttime at noon with Dave Gosher and Derek England. Of course, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche poised for game six tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, it'll be the place to be. Um, imagine tickets would be difficult to get for that game. Fortunately, Derek, a man of your stature, you just walk right in. But <laughs> There's most people can't do that, so I might even have to sneak in the building. Six o'clock tomorrow night, by the way. Six o'clock, Golden Knights and the Avalanche will play game six. All right, so we're going to get some questions here before we wrap things up in no particular order. Uh, On the Twitters, what do the Golden Knights have to do? How do they handle trying to keep Alec Martinez, who's an unrestricted free agent to be and has had a fantastic year here for Vegas? Yeah, I think think both sides would love to to be here. the big thing now with uh, you know the whole COVID and everything is the flat cap. It's the cap's not moving, and um, you know, but it's going to come down to numbers. And if they can find a way, I, I don't see why they wouldn't uh, wouldn't try to keep him anyways. He's been lights out. That uh, you know the heart and soul of the uh, the blue line type guy. He's leading the league in block shots. He puts his body on the line every single night. So um, you. You definitely know that if there's a way, they're going to try to do it. Alec Martinez, in the final year of a contract, he obviously signed with the LA Kings, makes $4 million this year. He's 33. He'll be 34 in about six weeks. Um, but he has been just fantastic for the Golden Knights um, all year long. So hopefully they can try to find a way to keep him. You know, it's been well documented. The Golden Knights um, limited cap space, to your point, Derek. And I... There's varying reports that cap isn't going to move for the next three, four, five years, you know, coming off this, you know, what we've all been through over the last 15 months. Flat cap. I will say this. The Golden Knights have shown ways to be creative. They found a way to bring in Alex Petrangelo last year, right? Yeah, that's and true. And keep Robin Leonard. They make a good wage. So, you know, they had to trade Paul Stastny. They had to trade Nate Schmidt to do it. But... They have managed to be creative. They bring in Matias. I know it's a different situation, but they bring in Matias Janmark at the deadline where they really had no room. You know, they, they people look at it. You know, share the the salary, keep some of the salary, give them a draft pick as as a as appreciation for that. But uh, I'm ha- I'm happy that's not my job. Yeah, I could. Uh, the that basic might, math is a challenge. That might me. be more stressful than anything <laughs> right there. Is all that I told. I took algebra one twice. That's how good I am with math. Four x equals twelve. X equals three. I'll tell you what. The team they're playing, Colorado's got a lot of cap space. You know, they've, you know some of these younger defensemen that have come up, right? With McCarr, Gerard, still uh, a younger guy. 
Um, who else is up? Bo Byram, who looks like he's going to be a good young player. They've got some space there, but you'd love to find a way, you know, to see the Golden Knights find a way to keep Martinez. Just you mentioned the, the, what he brings to it, the you know, the intangibles. It's one thing what he brings on the ice, but I got to believe in that locker room. That's something even you know, kind of a, a yeah. bonus as to what he brings. To yeah, it. he's a huge voice in that locker room, guys. Young guys are looking up to him the way he plays, and and you know the coaching staffs looking to his experience. You, you know, he's scored the OT Stanley Cup winning goal. You know, that's. Not many guys get to say that. So. A short list. There's a short list. So yeah, um, yeah you. If, if there's a way, I, I can't see him not trying to figure it out. That's for sure. Another question: uh, Do we expect to see Cody Glass at any point again back in the playoffs? How do you size that up? Well, you know, right now with how the team's playing, I, you, you know, hopefully not because that means they're staying healthy and right, uh, right. they don't need to. But you know, he's he's uh, he's a great young guy, great head, uh, great player, and. You know, you'll start seeing more and more of them, I'm sure. Yeah, and he, you know, he's had a, a couple of chances here in the postseason. We we touched on the the depth you're going to need at this point uh, in the playoffs, and you know, that's always a, a question for coaches, right? It, it, you're hesitant to change if you're winning. You know, never mess with success, right? If you're winning, you're less apt to do it. Some of that is, I would think, matchup wise. You mentioned, you know, they pulled Nick Hague out in the first round. He kind of looked fatigued. You know, he played a lot of hockey down the stretch and played a lot in the first few games against Minnesota. Um, but if it's not broken, a lot of times at this time of year, you don't want to try to fix it. Yeah, it's, you know, you look at a lot of different, like Pete's uh, looks ex- extremely smart right now. You know, he rests guys at certain times after wins, or, and, uh, you know, it's worked out. That and that goes to show the depth and, and the character of the guys in the room. And, uh, you know, like you said, most most guys don't make those changes after wins, but you got to be confident in your group uh, when you do make those changes that they're going to respond. Another question coming in. The travel to Montreal for whoever wins this series, right? The Canadians are waiting in the wings. What kind of a potential impact would that have, do you think, on either the Golden Knights or the Avalanche moving ahead? I think you look to this whole season and uh, yeah. the travel, the the – stipulations that the team's gone under i think they've it's kind of uh, got them ready for long travel whoever it is you know they've uh, gone through a lot of adversity not even on the ice just everyday life and and the travel and the how many games they've played and you know every other night it seems yeah. so i think they're well tuned it's not ideal obviously to dr- fly four or five hours to uh to montreal but uh you know, at this point of the year, I think that's the last uh, last of your worries as a team. And I think whoever ends up advancing, it's a good thing that they're able to go, right? There was a lot of talk about, the. you know, this is only a recent development the last few days that they've kind of had special dispensation to open the border for whoever's going to go and play the Montreal Canadiens. There was a lot of discussion about the Canadian representative would have to come to Chicago, Detroit, Buffalo, Minnesota. You know, they're all different uh, conversations. It was good to see that the Canadians had about 2,500 fans too, right? They, they started, you know, the province of Quebec. To have people in that building, as you said, Derek, even in a limit capacity is a great atmosphere for even a visitor to go in and play in. Yeah, uh, Montreal's one of the best too, so it's, uh, it's a fun place to play. They, uh, you said to see those people, it, it looks like it's starting to get in the right direction up there. And, uh, you know, being a, being a hockey fan, you want to you yeah. see them play at home and uh, no matter who it is. Golden Knights are hoping that they can force that matchup. They can do it with a win in game six tomorrow night. Darren Millard, Shane Knighty will have this show tomorrow. 
Not sure how it's going to go, to be honest with you. But they'll give it their best effort. And, of course, the Golden Knights Insider Show with Darren and Ryan Wallace right here on Fox Sports Radio uh, from 4 to 6 here this afternoon. For Derek Englund, Dave Grosher saying thanks for tuning in for Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas.